Blog Talk Radio. And then the banner that flashes on the screen, 
ACC Network coming August 2019. Is this cool or what? I know it's almost here, but it has to be cool to see that anyway if you're an ACC fan, like the three of us are. And I'll start with uh, Matthew on this. Uh, just give me your, your, your thoughts on, on on just seeing that and knowing that it's pretty much about to come to fruition sooner rather than later. I mean, I'm obviously I'm very excited about it. I mean, this is this is something that Jeff has blocked. Jeff will have a lot more to say about this because for several years here, yes. I joke with Jeff that all sports discussion has been the ACC Network blog because he's blogged about it constantly, and, <laughs> and, and rightfully so. Rightfully so. I mean, this is a uh, sure. this is a big achievement for the conference. It, it it is John Swafford's legacy. That is pretty much all he had left to do to cement his legacy to get the. To get the uh, ACC network down, I mean, it sounds like it's going to be a good, obviously in a good uh, bimodal format, I guess we can call it, right? A bilateral format there, mm-hmm. having it on the internet and having it on, you know, having a, having a channel on, on on cable. So that's that's obviously very good. Uh, it should, you know, it may not, it won't make it equal, but at least there'll be some in the distribution of revenues will make it a lot better for the teams in, in terms of competing with, with colleges from other conferences. And so I'm obviously very excited about it. We, we see that they're expanding the uh, ACC basketball schedule, which is going to be exciting. They obviously, that was probably one of the, one of the uh, requirements, right, was to expand the ACC conference basketball season, right, because they want to have more inventory for the network. And, sure. I mean, to see it come to fruition is something that, Obviously, we're all happy about it. So, I mean, I will look for. I can't wait till it, I can't wait till that uh, that first football game there in what was it, Jeff? August 29th, and Georgia Tech plays Clemson. I think that's the first game on on the AC a football yep. game on the ACC network, and it's going to be fun. Yeah. So, Jeff, as of that, we like uh, because as 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 Matt as Matt said earlier, Matthew said earlier, you pretty much the de facto. ACC Network blog, but given that you know a conference channel typically yields lots, lots, lots of moolah, um, do, you, do you think that we'll be able to close the gap on the other two conferences, being the SEC and the Big Ten, in terms of cash cows like behemoths, if you will, or would it take some time? What, what should be the, the expectations of ACC fans regarding this network? Well, I think there's absolutely no doubt that it's going to close the gap. I mean, um, you know, right now you don't have any additional revenue sources for the conference, and and even if it right. just makes uh, you know one or two million dollars a year, you you've closed the gap from where you were before, and and you know. The, the Pac-12 network has has really struggled, and that's well documented. Yeah. But it makes money. I mean, it still makes a, a, a million, a million and a half. I think even maybe even two million per team. So that's 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 money that currently just doesn't exist for the you know the ACC uh, memberships. And I think it'll be far more successful than uh, than the Pac-12 uh, network. It's got ESPN uh, you know distribution behind it. It's it's going to be they're going to be bundling it, and I think in one of the agreements already, you know, they've bundled it with the SEC uh, network and its other uh, ESPN uh, family of networks. So the distribution is going to be far greater than what the Pac-12 network does. Uh, it might not be, 
Yeah, it might not be all the way what the SEC has, but there, there's no question it's it's going to close the gap. By how much, uh, it kind of remains to be to be seen, but it's definitely going to close the sun, sure. uh, close uh, close that gap up some. Something the ACC has been you know just waiting on for several years, but uh, you know now we're just a year away from it. I think that the ACC is going to be in, in terms of the three hole for a little while behind the <clears throat> SEC and the Big Ten in terms of revenue because they have such, such a head start, especially the Big Ten. I mean, when the Big Ten started the network, I remember people laughing, literally laughing at, at them, thinking they was going to be an unmitigated disaster. But here we are several years later, each school is getting 50 mil per from the network alone, which is insane. And now the SEC yeah. is about to pass surpass that mark, if you could believe that, with ESPN. And, yeah, so, I mean, look, I mean, anything that helps with the ACC, I think it will be more successful than people would think. But I agree with you. I think the expectation, at least, to get, like, at least what? some I heard people, i seen figures like 10 mil per, maybe the first few years into it, maybe a little bit more than that eventually because of the footprint. Particularly, like with uh, uh-huh. all of all the, almost all like all of North Carolina, half of South Carolina, good portions of Georgia, almost all of Florida, and uh, and in the Midwest of Notre Dame, um, you know, you know, I I I think that the potential is really there. But I'm just happy as a fan of ACC sports that we have an additional stream revenue stream going that would make us at least competitive. You know what I mean? So I and I think that helps with facilities, coaching hires, particularly in football and basketball. And you know, I, I you know I just I I just think this is just a great it's a, it's a great moment. It'll be a great greater moment once the channel uh, gets put into place in August of 2019. Yep. Yeah. At, at, so, absolutely. And and one thing with with uh, the way the SEC network worked and um with a big 12 network or the big 10 network work is you know with south carolina or or even with georgia or florida the way those those work those carriage rates are for the for the whole state and it just takes one member school to cover the whole state so georgia tech you know might might be you know the the, the second most popular school in the in the state of georgia uh you know, tra- trailing okay, uh, definitely significantly to Georgia. It's still going to get that carriage rate for the entire state. They're, they won't piecemeal that and like say, oh, you're just in the Atlanta area. Uh, sure, sure. Know, it's going to cover. It's going to cover the whole state. So you, it's a you big deal too when you look at Syracuse have... in New York. Yeah, exactly. Good point. And then Boston College in the Northeast. Yeah, in Massachusetts. Exactly. Yep. I mean, I mean, it's going to cover those those in entire states and we saw that with the big 10 uh network when they were out of the state is when their when their carriage rates really dropped but in that state even just like maryland or 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 rutgers in in new jersey that's covering that whole state so you know with that footprint like you said you know we're covering basically the whole eastern seaboard of acc schools and then you know where notre dame is too so that, that's something that, that John Swafford really thought ahead on. I mean, you could maybe look at some of his missteps 10 years ago when he had the opportunity with the other ACC schools to start it and miss that boat. 
but but after that, you know, the last four or five years, he, he's really set it up nicely for a strong start. And can I just say, hey, while uh, I was Mitchell. while we were talking about revenue, I mean, I read, I, I saw this old yeah. awful announcing article. I don't, you guys have been to that blog, where it says that it says that, and, and, and it brings up Jeff's point, right? That the Pac-12, obviously, their distribution will not be the same, uh, same sort of uh, reach that is done by ESPN. But it's saying here that. 10 million a, a year per school could send the ACC obviously well past the Pac-12 and move it closer to the Big 12 and the SEC, and that's a conservative estimate. Some have projected as high as 15 million a year. So I mean that's that's a pretty big deal. So anyway, I just wanted to close with that when I, I just saw that article and awful announcing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going to say that um, one last thing about the uh, ACC network. Um, and again, we're talking with Jeff Fan and Matthew, aka Oki Smash, from uh, all of the, the All Sports Discussion ACC Sports Blog. Um, you know, we're, like when we're talking dollars and cents, and 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 actually, like like before that, you just mentioned like Jeff about uh, the like like John Swaffer had an opportunity to start a network ten years ago and didn't do it. Could, could you walk through the listeners of of what went down and and what was supposed to happen and why? I guess if you if you know why it didn't happen. Yeah, I mean, the the story kind. Of, I mean, he 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 kind of un, unfairly took a lot of criticism for starting the for not starting a, a network back in two thousand eight. Uh, at the same time, the Big Ten and Jim Delaney's uh, got theirs going. But what kind of gets lost on it is it's not John Swafford's decision, and then and, and you could maybe say, you know he might not have pushed it as strongly as Delaney did and may not have been the, the visionary, but at the end of the day, it's, it's the ACC member schools at that time who thought it was too risky of a venture and that it was better just to go straight with, with the contracts and that they didn't want the startup costs um, of, of building the network infrastructure back then, you know, it, it cost a lot of money to start these networks uh, up. I mean, I think you can you can look online and see, you know, schools, ACC schools are now having to spend five to ten million dollars to build networks on their on their campus and and pulling all the fiber optics for for that sort of thing. And and at that time, the ACC member schools didn't want to take the risk of of starting up a a network. So you know, Swafford should bear some of the responsibility for not ha- having that happen. You know, as the leader of the conference, you kind of got to be the the visionary, uh, but he he can't be he can't take the, all the blame on his own. I mean, at, it was it was the ACC schools that voted against it at that time. Mhm. Mhm. All right. So um, moving right along from the what would have been a bad time to more good times, talking about the ACC football and basketball. But first of all. Uh, just to recap football right quick. Um, are we going back to the days, given how badly Clemson dominated the ACC this year? <laughs> Is this like pretty much shades of Florida State in the 90s in <laughs> the rest of the ACC? Because it was just like Clemson and everybody else this year. It really was. And it was kind of laughable at some parts of it. And uh, Matt, Matt I'll, get, I'll throw the question to you, my friend. Well, I mean, I mean, it's well, I mean, it's we're not far from removed, right? A couple of years ago, where the ACC had 
an excellent bowl record, right? I mean, a very good bowl, yeah. bowl record, a lot of good wins right. during the season, right? I mean, I think a lot of it really depends on quarterback play, and the quarterback play in the ACC wasn't as good as it's been in the past couple of years. I'm sure Jeff would agree with that, and I think that, I mean, it all starts behind the center. Do you have the right guys there? And, I mean, it is fair to say that Clemson has had has much more talent than the rest of the conference. Than the rest of the conference, I mean, you, they've done, Davo's done a good job keeping that thing rolling. I mean, they're at the point where they just reload and everything. But I, but I think that that, I don't think that I don't think that it's it's we we probably there may be a little parallel to say the dominance of Clemson the way FSU was, but I I think that, you know, when you get to that position where you have better quarterback play. And that's going to be as soon as next year, right? I, I would think that you're going to see the ACC do a lot better. I mean, there's a lot of teams that are very young this year that can't necessarily mm-hmm. reload the way Clemson can. But you're going to see – I have a feeling you're going to see the whole of the conference improve a lot uh, approve a lot next year. You know, and to your point, it was like, wouldn't the Clemson win it all? Was it 2015 when, when Clemson beat Alabama to win the, the national championship? That was a year – that arguably the ACC had its not only its best football season ever, but it was a, considered a, arguably the best football conference that season. I mean, you had what you mentioned the bowl record. I think they went eight and three or nine and three in bowls. Nine, um, nine and three. And yep. Nine and three, and I think four or five of the teams are ranked in the final college football playoff poll. I mean, it was it was a dominant year for the league. In and there were nine quarterbacks in that conference. I, I would I would contend, Scott, that could start anywhere in the country. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. You know, I mean, yeah. save Alabama, right? Save Alabama, of course, right? I mean, right, but right. I mean, nine quarterbacks <laughs> right. that were capable of play, pretty much playing anywhere. There were good quarterbacks in that league. And and to your point about the youth, I think that. Um, it can't get any worse. I mean, you know, Nikosi uh, Perry in Miami, um, you know, for starters. Um, and I don't know who's going to fill the shoes yet for Ryan uh, Finley in NC, at NC State and, and a host of other schools. Uh, and, and, I don't, and, and, and I think the kid in Boston College is coming back. So, Jeff, do you, do you – I mean, the quarterback play outside of Clemson can't get any worse, right? I mean, it has to get better next year with more – like the case of Perry and a few other instances, it has to get better experience, right? You can't have a team that finishes seven and five when the when the coastal division anymore, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think you know this year was just kind of you know a, a, a coming together of a, a lot of different events that just um, you know. Unusual. I mean, I don't. I don't think Clemson is is about to go on a Florida State run. I was listening to a radio show the other day, and, and as good as Clemson has done, and they've been unbelievable. I, I mean, they're only halfway to to what Florida State did in in the nineties. Oh, sure. I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm not sure we'll ever see that again. Florida State was just so unbelievably dominant, but I mean, definitely this year had that kind of had that feel to it because Clemson was so much better than, than everyone else. And like Matthew said, I think a lot of it did have to do with, with quarterback play from where they, you know, where the ACC was in 2016 with that unbelievable year. I mean, you, you had a lot of quarterback transition 
you had a lot of coaching transition. Uh, you had programs that you're you're kind of used to seeing a lot better, like your Florida States and 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 Louisville and and Miami was coming off a, a really good season last year, and they all just you know went backwards and. Uh, you know, you, you're not, your Florida State's not going to stay down. I mean, they had a they had a really bad year, um, but then they're not going to stay down forever. They're, they just have too many resources. Louisville just made a great hire with with the Appalachian State coach that Scott Satterfield. That was a great yeah, that was a, yes. a, I agree a great hire. That that was almost a, I'd, I'd almost say that was a home run hire. Um, you know, Virginia Tech they're you know they had a lot of attrition early in the year. Matthew really could talk about that. But oh yeah, yeah, we had their, at Virginia season. Tech. There were also six guys that that are on NFL rosters, right? You know, so you lost that. You had guys that were kicked off the team. You had guys that were injured, right? So you're sitting in a position, and we talked with Hank Kurtz about this, Scott. You know, the Virginia AP sports writer. But you're probably playing a lot of yeah. guys that that. Um, maybe should be learning their first year, right? Because Virginia Tech can't mm-hmm. necessarily reload like Alabama. And so you had a lot of guys that were playing that maybe shouldn't have play, played right away, but you're probably going to see some – you're going to see some dividends from that down the road because they took some lumps this year. I mean, uh, and towards that end where Jeff was saying, I mean, like, I was just – I mean, I had this discussion with Jeff on Twitter the other day about about the receivers that are coming back next year for Virginia Tech and – let me roll through this with you. Hezekiah Grimsley, Phil Patterson, Trey Turner, Damon Hazelton. Uh, these are some ballers that are coming. Eric Kuma. These are some ballers that are coming back next year. And I didn't mention a junior in that group. <laughs> you know what I mean? Wow. I mean, Virginia wow. Tech could be sitting. And you guys saw these guys. These guys are big physical receivers we're sitting at 62 200 plus right all these guys all, all these guys the tight you know the tight tight end and Dalton Keene another big body he 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 is a, he's a sophomore you've got the, this receiving core that's coming back next year that i think could be among the best in the ACC if it weren't for Obviously, I'm talking about five-star talent. Jeff can tell you about the five-star talent, four or five-star talent from Clemson coming back. But these guys are some ballers that are coming back next year, and they're going to have a you know a quarterback that's a little more seasoned to throw to them. So the you know you can see some improvement in those types of things coming back at Virginia Tech. So there is there is like you know I should say hope for you know a hope for big improvement in the big leap. You know what, you like Jeff mentioned Florida State earlier. That was so heartbreaking. I mean, I grew up a fan of Florida State because, you know, my family, my mom's family from Tallahassee, Florida, used to go down there to my great-grandmother several times a year. She lived almost a stone's throw from the Florida State's campus. Um, that was crazy what we saw this year. I know mean, it was really it was Tiger's first year. A lot of those kids were Jimbo's kids. and But, I mean, the stuff that went on, they were highly penalized most of the season. It got to the point where when they played Florida, like some 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 kid from Florida's defense said, "Yo, you got only ten guys on the field," and, <laughs> and and plus they had games where they just flat out quit. I mean, they quit against um, Clemson, they quit against Florida, they quit in the second half against NC State, they quit against Syracuse. I mean, these are these are four or five star kids that 
are impressed to have impressive two deep as well. Is it all coaching? Is it just the attitude of the kids? I mean, what? I mean, I ask you this, Jeff. What what happened with Florida State this year? I mean, it, it just seems that it, they shouldn't. They they have they have more than five win talent. Yeah, I mean, I think it, it was it, it was a it was a a mess that just went downhill as the season continued. I mean, uh, Willie Taggart in, inherited, you know, a, a program in disarray from Jimbo Fisher. I mean, we had to remember last year they barely made it into a bowl game, and and so yeah. they're only they're only a game worse than they were uh, last season under Jimbo. Jimbo Fisher, his offensive line was a complete disaster, and it, it all started from there. Um, you know that that offensive line they couldn't block anybody. Cam Akers couldn't couldn't run. I mean that's an elite five star talent at running back, and I mean he just he yeah. couldn't run. And and, and DeAndre Francois trying to quarterback. I mean basically he's running for his life the entire season, and you know I think once it started going started going sideways, and and. I think Taggart just he lost certain certain guys on that team. Like you said, there were games that they looked like they just they just quit out there. You know, when they were playing Clemson, you know, it looked like that was going to be a competitive game after about a quarter. But then uh, Clemson puts a couple scores, and you know they're they're up double digits, and it was just they just got steamrolled, and that and that was the it same thing against with Florida. Uh, yeah, it was it was horrible, and you know against Florida, that that was a fairly competitive game through two and a half quarters. You know, halfway through the third quarter, you're thinking Florida State has a chance. A, a, a turnover happens here, and then four, and then the guy they just packed it in. Um, so I, I I think that that Taggart lost some of those guys on that team. I think he inherited a mess uh, from Jimbo Fisher, and. Um, you know, I I, I still believe Tagger can do it. It's, it's hard to judge a coach after just one season. I mean, there there I were a couple that. glimpses. There were a couple glimpses, you know, later in the year that says, you know, you know, you know, they, they haven't completely packed it in on the season. You know, against Boston College, that was a pretty big win they had. So you, you mm-hmm. saw glimpses of 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 what he can do. But yeah, it, I mean, there, there was no other way to slice it. It was it was a really, you know, just one of those disastrous seasons for Florida State. And I think it's a very, well, I think it's a very good. Go ahead. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, 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 no. Go ahead, Matt. I'll make my I was going to say, no, I think go it's ahead. a very go good. On, Jeff brought it up. We've talked about this before, the very very beginning of the season, that uh, uh, Florida State's offensive line was absolutely trash, and yeah. that. It would take a lot of it would take a miracle for you know for Willie to clean that part of it up, and he's going to have to get you know it's hard to judge Willie partly because he doesn't have he doesn't have his own guys in there for his own system yet he's he's got to move the guys from the for the that were recruited for a different system into his system, and you know so that's going to take that's going to take take that's going to take a while. I mean I think that. No, you're sitting in a situation in Florida State or even Clemson and even Virginia Tech, where you where you, you know, you want people to produce. You obviously want people to produce right away, right? But I mean, I, I think it's kind of, but I think we were we've been patient at Virginia Tech with I, I think with Justin Fente. There are a few there are a few fans that aren't, but we've been pretty patient with him. And you know, I, I but Florida State is in that culture where they they want you to produce right now, right? And they just have to realize. 
much like there's much like it's going to be a Louisville because they're going to need some extreme patience because they were they were left. Bobby Petrino left that place in a in disaster mode. I, I think worse than Florida State's was left in, and they're going to need a lot of patience at Louisville. It's going to I mean Scott Satterfield will get that place turned around, but it's going to take it's going to take a couple. It's a, it's a that's a couple year rebuild, two three year rebuild. Well, you know, I, I mean, with Florida, I mean, people like to say on Twitter, especially like when Twitter uses powerful for 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 evil. Um, when they talked about Jimbo, like Jimbo's around, they had to be in the bowl game. People tend to forget, and I know the DeAndre Francois hurt his hurt his knee last year, but they were still a team full of four and five stars. And that when that guy was true freshman, Blackman was a true freshman. He wasn't all that bad. Um, but they would. I remember that Friday night in, in Chestnut Hill when they lost thirty-eight to three to Boston College. Yeah. Boston College team that's not nearly as good as Boston College team this year. The quitting started last year. It started on the jumble. I mean, whether people would like to realize it, acknowledge it or not, it, it didn't start on the tactic. It's, this is a trend. And there's something that Tiger will have to clean up, which will be by recruiting, bringing his own guys in, and hopefully getting off the sure. line that's worth a damn. I mean, you mentioned earlier, like, Satterfield to Louisville, which I thought was a hell of a hire. I just keep saying yep. that. What was the hell was North Carolina thinking by not even considering and bringing back Mike Brown? I mean, what, what – I mean, look, I like Mike Brown. I think he's a folksy guy. I think he, he's entertaining. But – and I'm not trying to age discriminate, but you had a lot of hot, younger, hot candidates, including one in Satterfield, which is right down the road, so to speak, and boom, who knows the state, who knows the area, and you just lost them to bring in back a guy who, granted, he took the, the football program almost to the stratosphere, but he's been out of the game for over 10 years. And, you know, it's, it's, it's a, well, almost 10 years. And... It's 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 I don't I just understand that move at all. I mean, so Matt, since, since we we're just talking about Satterfield, yeah, I, I, I'll, is, ta- I'll is, take, is, take this is, one. Is, I'll take this one, Jeff. You know, I'm excited to take this one. I blogged about this a lot because I, I remember a tweet and I sent it to Jeff on September. Weird that auditors like me can remember this, right? I'm an auditor by by my day trade, but I think I think I sent a tweet to Jeff on September 16th, and I started recommending three coaches. For North Carolina, who are they going to hire, right? Who are they going to hire? I think we have Mike Houston in there, who has since been hired by ECU. Uh, and yep. of course, Satterfield was at the top of the top of my list. I said, okay, you got to you got to hire him if you're if you're North Carolina because he is right in state and he would take that job immediately if you hired him. Now there are two probably two two sides of the two two question two uh, two answers I can give you that I can give you on why North Carolina didn't, didn't do this. The first one is the snarky one that they don't care about football and they would rather be watching it on the big screen in Keenan Stadium. But you know, I'm being a little sarcastic when I say that. The real, right. the real, the regular answer, and probably you know that most of the UNC folks, the insiders would give you, is that uh, the old money won out. You know, the old money donors won out. Those folks that love. Mac Brown that remember it when they owned recruiting sure. in the seven five seven, 
and that, okay, we'll just bring him in because it's worth, you know, hiring an older coach has worked at Kansas State or, or something to that something to that effect. And that, oh, he'll, we'll just bring in good coordinators as recruiters. And, you know, so there's talk about him bringing in, and Jeff, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but there's talk about him bringing in Gene Chizik, except that didn't seem to work under Fedora because the defense right. sucked under Fedora. With 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 Gene Chizik in there, and then he decided that. Better, I mean, good for him. I mean, he decided that he wanted to spend some more time with his family, so he, you know, he clocked out, uh, resigned, and clocked out. And there's talk, and then there was, and I'm reading all these other stories that, like, okay, so if Mac Brown resigns, that perhaps Gene Chizik will be the coach in waiting. That doesn't seem like a good plan. So there were a bunch of really bizarre things, as you mentioned there, but that was the most. That was really the most bizarre because I'm because you know because UNC fans said oh we've got it's all about the coordinators perhaps we're going to bring in Cliff Kingsbury well he's now at USC so what are you what are you going to do I mean these were it is just absolutely baffling to me why they didn't why they, why they didn't hire you know Satterfield because he would have he would have stayed in state he would have been he he already has the connections in state. With with the players in North Carolina, he knows how to right. bring up bring up players from Florida. I mean, he's shown that he can do that, and it blew my mind. And you know, it's just and it says positive things about Vince Tyree over at Louisville because he's made two really good hires. I mean, here you have you know Mac, the coach of the Louisville men's basketball team, and now you have Satterfield, who I think, in my opinion. He's probably Louisville's probably can be judged as having the best hire in the country in the off season. I mean, where where are you at on this, Jeff? Yeah, I mean, I I, I think North Carolina, I, I think they missed the boat on that one. I mean, really you know, did. with Satterfield, I, I mean, at least if Louisville wouldn't have landed Satterfield, but you know, their number one choice was was Brom there at, at, at Purdue, you know, at least they made a run at the guy that they wanted that made yes. the most sense. You know, and they ended yeah. up, okay, as their backup, they ended up with the great hire. But, I mean, North Carolina didn't even make a run at Satterfield, which was absolutely unbelievable. Baffling! And, you know, yeah. And, and you know, Mac Jones <laughs> never, even when, he was <laughs> even when he was successful at North Carolina in the 90s or, or at Texas with Vince Young when he won the national title i mean he was never known as like a, a tactician out there he was just a, a a pretty solid recruiter and you know now he's he's gonna have to try to rebuild that north carolina program which i, I don't think it's as far of, of a rebuild as what they have to do at louisville i think there actually was some talent at north north carolina they just had kind of started they've just you know began to build a culture of losing you know they were just finding ways to lose this year and I mean, I think he has a chance to to improve that program, but I mean, you, you got to look. You know, is this the long term answer? You know, he's he's sixty seven years old, I, I think. Which you know, I'm not saying yeah, he couldn't coach if if he had been coaching the whole time and he was just you know continuing out of school. But that's what makes it difficult. He's he's been out of the college game for so long. Uh, it's it's not like he's going from one job to a, another, and. I, I don't know. This this one doesn't really have the feel of, of, of working out too well for North Carolina. I think they just – it was one of those nostalgic things. You had some old-time boosters or 
whoever looked at that said, hey, you know, why don't we try to recapture those glory days from the, you know, from the 1990s and that, that I don't know, you, you just can't go back. I don't think you, you, you can do that. There have been other coaches that have tried, I think, like John Robinson at, at USC. Um, you know, Snyder came back to Kansas State. He had, you know, some limited success, but he, it never was quite the way it was before he left. So, I, I don't know. I think they missed the boat on getting Satterfield. But, you know, Louisville is the one that benefits from it. Yeah, yeah I agree. And one more thing before we get to HC, uh basketball. Jess, speaking of questionable hires, one is about to rumor about to take place is Ken Wilson Hunt to Georgia Tech. Please, please, please <laughs> tell me that's it's just a rumor. Please tell me that someone's just trolling and having a little fun. <laughs> what I, I don't understand that. I wouldn't. I don't understand that. But just just tell me. Do you have you close to it more so than I am? Tell me that shit ain't true. <laughs> I, I I can't say it's not true. I mean, he is oh definitely. I mean, I, I I think this this would this this would be so much worse, I think, than hiring Mac Brown in North Carolina. Really? Uh, it, it would just. It would be close. It yeah, would yeah, be worse. Yeah, I, th- I, I think it'd bad. be. I think it'd be worse uh, because. I, I think Mac Brown, you know, they go into it there in North Carolina. He's smart enough to know that, um, you know, he he's going to let his coordinators do a lot of the work. But I, I think at, at Georgia Tech, you're going to if, if Wisenhunt gets hired, it's going to be it's going to be a very unpopular hire with the fans, with the boosters. There's ex players, no one's behind it. I really don't know what what the AD Todd Stansbury's thinking about here. Um, uh, at least Mac Brown has some. I, I I don't know. I mean, at least Mac Brown <laughs> has some college experience in the last decade. Uh, Wisenhunt hasn't been on a college campus in over 20 years. How are you going to recruit that way? Uh, he wasn't a successful head coach in the NFL. Uh, mm-hmm. I think his last job was at Tennessee, with something like two and 17 or something like that. He he got. Arizona to the Super Bowl, but you know they quickly, you know went went downhill after that. Uh, I, I think I'm hoping it's only a courtesy thing with between Stansbury and Wisenhunt. They played together at Georgia Tech in the '80s, but I really do think mm. this is the guy that that Stansbury wants. Uh, there's a reportedly an offer, an interview out there that Wisenhunt is 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 thinking about and. This this just has a disaster written uh, all over it. You know, Georgia Tech is, is is a place that you've got to find a guy who is going to – you're either going to have to do what Paul Johnson did and run a, a unique offense, or you're going to have to just figure out a way to recruit, or you're going to end up with the same way with a Chan Gailey-type situation where you're winning, you know, seven games a year and you, you can't break that barrier. You're not winning ACC – titles you're not getting better you're just you're just completely mediocre i mean at least with paul johnson you could have you could have those special seasons from time to time we won nine games just two years ago um mm-hmm. so I'm, I'm i'm hoping this this falls apart <laughs> i think most georgia tech fans <laughs> are hoping that i have not met a a single one in twitter or in person from the day job there's other georgia tech folks at work and nobody wants to whiz and hunt uh, I think if that falls through, the the next candidate, where I, I think 
most of them, most fans will be okay with is is the coach at Temple, uh, Jeff Collins. Um, he's been oh, able to, really? to maintain maintain Temple um, since uh, Rule left it for for Baylor. They haven't went down. He's a former assistant at Georgia Tech, um, oh. so he's familiar with it. There you go. Uh, graduate assistant there. So that, that that would be a reasonably popular hire. I think a lot of Georgia Tech fans wanted to go after Satterfield, but, of course, Louisville got him. Um, Jeff Monken there at Army, if they decide to continue with the triple option, would be a great hire. Uh, but uh, from what I've read, it doesn't sound like Georgia Tech wants to continue running the option. And then further down the list, it, it seems, um, is Tony Elliott, the offensive coordinator at Clemson. Yeah, I um, think – think he would be a really young you know he'd, he'd be a young energy guy probably recruit well he knows georgia high school that's the area he recruits for clemson but uh probably what his drawback is is his lack of head coaching experience so sure. uh, i i think at the end of the day it's it's either going to be wisenhunt or jeff collins out of temple so that, that's going to be the two guys to keep an eye on i think for georgia town hopefully it's not not wisenhunt nobody's behind that at all <laughs> What about the Memphis coach, Jeff? Uh, Norville. Oh, that's yeah. a good one. Uh, yeah, I've, I heard his name come come up. Uh, I, I think if 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 the what it falls through with uh, with Wisenhunt and Collins, if if you get past those two, then I think you could see a, a guy like Norville, you know, start making a push. I have I have seen his name you know, further down the list. So I don't think it's out of the question that uh, uh, he could get into the picture if those those top two guys fall away. Oh, interesting. So let's let's go from bad to, to good as ACC basketball. Um, I just watched Duke take apart Hartford, and I know that's Hartford. But uh, is there any team in the ACC that could beat Duke? I mean, that could compete. I mean, I mean because look, I'm thinking Virginia could. But, I mean, Duke is so talented. I mean, the way they took apart Kentucky and other, most other squads, save for Gonzaga, uh, who I think is really good, by the way. Um, I, I, I just don't think – I have a hard time trying to figure out who could compete with Duke. I think they'll, 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 they'll just polarize Carolina twice this year. And maybe, maybe Vitek, because of scrappiness, it, it would hang with them. Speaking of Vitek, I'll shoot it to you, Matt. Uh, Matthew, like, is there, are there any squads that could not only, not only compete with Duke, but could even even could conceivably be a dark horse to ACC regular season title? Yeah, a uh, dark horse. I don't know if I can. I, I mean, I think Duke is going to win the ACC title. But to answer your question, yeah. I mean, you originally asked if 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 somebody can if anybody can beat duke absolutely there are teams that can beat duke florida state has shown that they can just throw horses and horses and horses at you and i keep seeing this 68 guy this 69 guy this 610 guy one after one after one on a 12 person roster and they just throw them all out there and yeah they can play they can play with duke i i, I truly believe that they can play with duke i mean we saw them last year where all of a sudden, they're in they're they're in the NCAA tournament and they're playing in that underdog role to Gonzaga and they win. I was in Vegas when that happened and I threw some money on Florida State and they didn't lose a whole lot on that team. And they've got some 
significant mm. wins this year without Phil Colfer, and he's, he could be coming back here Purdue. when the Purdue, ACC Purdue, regular yeah. season begins. So I think Florida State is really good. If You talked about Virginia Tech here a little bit. If Chris, Chris Clark comes back for Virginia Tech like a lot of people think, and Landers Nolly, who, I'm sorry, do you guys know about this story about Landers Nolly? No. Oh, please, please share. Okay, please, so please Landers Nolly apparently – Okay, he's done, he did very well in the first few games for Virginia Tech. He's a freshman, six seven forward from Georgia, from Stone Mountain, right. Georgia, and he did so well on the ACC, <laughs> excuse me, on the ACT test, the college admission test, that the NCAA didn't believe it was him, and they've asked him to take it over. And so they're oh, not letting wow. him play. They're not letting him play until they see another test score, clear him, which. Oh, my God. You, you, you guys understand where I would be a little upset with this, and, and I'm sure Jeff and you know, I'm sure Jeff and Scott, you probably would sympathize a little bit, but after all the crap that happened in North Carolina for years, and now the NCAA focuses on somebody who has, who has a little higher ACT test score than, than, than they think is possible, even though they look at his academic background and he had good grades in high school, they think that, oh, this might be a little too high for you? Get the hell out of here. Yeah. Right, so, oh, but anyway, <laughs> that's why I ran for tonight. But to answer your question, uh, if if those two come, if those two players come back for Tech, Virginia Tech would have a dark horse chance to get a two day bid in the ACC tournament. Mm. You know, I mm. I think that there's a possibility there if those two guys come back, but but you know, anyway, that's I guess that's my thought, my. My 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 third, first thoughts there. I mean, I think that North Carolina will get better. I mean, they all they will get better. They have the best player in the conference in Luke Bay, and they will get. But you know, they will probably get. He's probably going to be the ACC player. I I mean, uh, there's it's debatable on whether people think he's the best, right? Because you got Zion from Duke, but I mean, Luke Bay has played very well and and probably will be ACC player of the year. But you know, that, that's just a couple of. That's just. I mean, I you know, I like I said, North Carolina may have a chance to beat Duke, but I think Florida State has the horses to hang with Duke. But towards your point, I think Duke is a, Duke is obviously a very good basketball team. Jeff. Yeah, Jeff. Yeah, I'm Jeff glad you Jeffrey mentioned. <laughs> yeah. What are your thoughts? Uh, I mean, I'm glad Matthew mentioned Florida State because I I think athletically, you know, they they're as close to, uh, to matching up with Duke as anybody in the conference. I mean, Hamilton's got a, a, a really deep, long, athletic team. Uh, they, they might not be quite as skilled as, as the guys on, on, on Duke team, but they, they, have, they, have, they have enough athletic ability that they're not going to be overwhelmed by that athleticism Duke has. So I, I think physically they're the, they're the matchup that can give Duke, you know, the most problems. Um, Virginia, with the way they play defense, I mean, I, mean, I don't think anyone questions that you know, between November to the beginning of March, Virginia can be as good as anybody in the country. And, you know, they're not going to get in that kind of up-and-down game that Duke wants to, to play. I mean, they're going to play that game at their tempo, and, and that could rattle some of the young guys at Duke. I mean, they went down to Cameron last year and beat a really talented Duke team. I mean, this is a different team they have uh, this year, but I, I think in Virginia can definitely cause a lot of problems uh, for Duke, uh, I think Syracuse is a team that that is dangerous because of that matchup matchup zone. So these these kind of quirky defenses that that a Syracuse can run, 
uh, that that Virginia can run, you know, might cause some problems uh, for for a young Duke team. You know, Syracuse, you know, won at Ohio State, so I think they're they're awfully awfully good too. Uh, when you look at the rest of the ACC, uh, maybe you know a, another team might have like a an incredible shooting night. Um, I I don't look at North Carolina, um, you know, and you maybe have that rivalry factor. But but right now they don't look like they're equipped to beat Duke. And when you look at the rest of the conference, I, I'm just not seeing a lot of teams that I think can can match up with Duke. It's it's going to take a huge off night for them to lose. I think to m- most of the other teams in the in the conference. I mean, you never know. You go to a difficult uh, road environment and the team you know plays out of their mind. I mean, there are several teams in the ACC that are going to be tournament caliber that may be able to knock off Duke on a given night but when I look at look down the 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 ACC teams the ones that I think can cause Duke the most problems are are definitely Florida State like Matthew said uh, Virginia for sure and 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 I think Syracuse has a chance to give Duke a lot of problems yeah yeah I I I, the Florida State points were taking the deep as hell they're very athletic but it just makes me see. It's going to be exciting nonetheless. You got, I'd say, at least eight or nine or ten teams that could beat the tournament on the conference this year. And I'm very excited for Louisville as well. So it could be a heck of a season. But Duke is just so damn talented. They're so damn good. It's, it's just, yeah. it's going to be crazy to see. It'll be tough stuff for a lot of those teams. But it's going to be fun to see them try. So at least we got that going for us. Right quick with the college football playoff. Um, I, I thought that the committee got it right with. With Alabama, Clemson, Notre Dame, and Oklahoma, what say you, Jeff? Yeah, they 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 got it right. They got the four best teams in. Um, I don't think there's there's to me in my mind there's no question about it that the discussion of Georgia being one of those four teams was was that you was know com- complete. That was yeah. That honestly, you're right, Scott. It was just it was just stupid. I mean, Herb Herb Street who I think is one of the best college football guys out there. Um, you know, really, he lost some credibility this year trying to argue Georgia in. That that was – I was pretty disappointed to hear him because, I mean, come on, you know football better than that. Uh, Kirk Georgia is not one of the four best teams. Top ten team, no question, solid football team. But, you know, trying to put them and shoehorn them into the playoff was, was completely laughable. You know, playoff teams don't – don't uh, you know? Give up 21 unanswered points in in the you know late in the third quarter and fourth quarter to backup quarterbacks, or, or he gave up 14 to to the backup quarterback before uh, you know to Jalen Hurts and um, the other touchdown. Uh, if I remember, was uh, was before Hurts came in there, but still you had a you had a lead, and I mean Alabama was going was winning that game going away. It was not – I didn't understand right. that, to be honest. Here's my rant. Um, you know, I didn't understand, you know, all this. This was such an unbelievable game. Uh, what what I saw was it was a team that basically just got blowed out in the second half. They played a great first half, no question. Duke, Georgia played a great first half. But, you know, for the last 20 minutes of that game, if it had went on another 20 minutes, it had been 42-0 to zero because Georgia couldn't even barely cross midfield the rest of that game. So you know, trying to force them into the playoffs was a was a joke, just like and just stupid way the, what you said. And yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, the thing is, I mean, I'm sorry. I was going to say, 
what's the point? If Georgia's the the most quote unquote deserving team, like he and and uh, what, uh, what's his name, um, Reese Davis, and of course Palm Feinbaum was saying, what's the point of keeping the score? What's the point of playing conference championship games? I mean, if, if are we going to turn this into like a I don't want to say B contest, but are we going to turn this into like figure skating where you're going to have judges who disregard the scores, just 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 go on what people think, like the eye test. I mean, you they, they played the game. Georgia gave up a 14 point lead to a backup. I know the backup is um, Jalen Hurst, but still, it is what it is. I mean, you call a spade a spade. If you give up. Georgia had a shot to win it, and they did. And not only that, Georgia has not one but two losses. How in the hell does yeah. a two-loss non-conference champ, conference non-champ, as I like to say on Twitter, usurp the likes of Oklahoma or even Ohio State, who only have one loss, but get this, one, both won the conference championships from Power 5 leagues. How in the hell is that working? Matthew, in any other scenario other than in the world of Kirk Herbstreit, Reese Davis, Palm Firebomb, and a few others. <laughs> well, let me just add, let me just, no, let me just be a devil's advocate here because I agree with everything you oh. said, Jeff. I mean, I think that I think that I think Herbstreit lost some credibility, but sometimes I think that these guys are told to argue various points just to build up you know, tension or whatever the hell it is for that show that I didn't watch. <laughs> Cause I figured other people yeah, would tell me, who got, I figured other people would tell me who got, who got in, you know? So I, I, I figured I'd use those three hours to go out and go out, go out. And uh, I mean, I mean, I'm not, and I'm not exaggerating. Go use those three hours to go out and do my Sunday errands because I, I thought I'd be listening to a lot of crap that I, that I thought would be dumb. But I, <laughs> But any, but oh, anyway, man. yeah. So I mean, I, I do think I do think they got all the, the the right the right teams in. I thought it was sort of funny to see some Ohio State fans like crying about, oh, why did we get in? We were playing the best when we were going, and in a hypothetical matchup, we would probably win. I'm like, no, it's not about the hypothetical <laughs> matchup. People can't forget about that 49 to 20 or whatever it was. Was it 49 to 20? It was 49 to 20, I think. Yes, yeah. the, the the beatdown that they took from from Purdue, right? People aren't going to forget that national TV when when Purdue laid off the gas. Right on Ohio State, no, they laid off the gas. They probably could have won by a lot more, and you know, Mr. Brom decided to be nice and said, "Okay, I'm not going to have Rondale Moore out here uh, out here blitzing your blitzing your ass anymore." And you know, such is life, right? But I think they got I think they got all the right teams, and I think sometimes they're told on the set to ES, uh, ESPN set here to like, okay, we've got to create some drama here on this set or something like that. I mean, I can't believe that they all and their hearts of hearts believe all of the crap that they say. Am I too cynical? Have I been in DC too long? I, I don't well, think there's well, any other in, explanation that, for it. <laughs> yeah. Because I, I, I think that Bob Bond believes that shit though. I think he does. I yeah, think he, he, he probably does. Four eight, all four SEC teams, the top it's, uh, them, if it, were, uh, uh, if it were up to Paul Feinbaum, Alabama, Georgia, and possibly LSU would be in a college football playoff along with Clemson. He'll, he'll allow Clemson, but that's about it. That, that's Paul Feinbaum. <laughs> that, that's probably show. true. But, but, they, but the, re- the rest of the damn, ESPN guys. Oh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's crazy. But looking at the rest of the college football playoff rankings, 
they have Georgia fifth, which means this. If Oklahoma got upset by Texas, and regardless of Ohio State won or not, Georgia would probably be the fourth team in the playoff. And we'll be still be pulling our hair. Or, or in my case, what little hair I have left. It's, it's, it's just laughable. It's just laughable. That's that. It's what's the point of doing this shit if you're not going to take if you're not going to take games like the conference games seriously? I mean, what what are we going to have? What, what are conference championships for? Why are you playing the games for? We're going to go on an eye test. Who's the most deserving? We thought they didn't win a damn conference with two damn losses. One was an ass kicker to LSU. I'm sorry, I'm ranting here, but I'm just saying, what is the damn point of having conference championships? If you still have, still gonna have this shit with Georgia being the fifth team despite losing twice and not winning their conference championship, Matthew, could you please help me out here before I blow a complete gasket? No, I agree with you. I agree with you. I don't really have. I don't really have any more to say about that. The other, the, the one thing I did want to say though, I mean, just outside of this, outside of the college football playoff, I was a little, a little disappointed to see. Washington State not in a New Year's Day bowl and seeing Penn State in there instead. Yeah. I thought that was a little disappointing. I thought that was a little disappointing from uh, an accomplishment standpoint because I don't think Penn State's wins are all that great. No, I totally agree with you there. And but again, it's the Pac-12 just being shitted on. Um, it is what it is. <laughs> no, they, yeah. they call yeah. Pac-12 off the dark for sport, like like for a reason because most people are in bed by the time they're playing. So oh, sure. shame on the committee because the Washington State Washington State was a great story this year. It's too bad we want to see him on the board. It's hard to win in Pullman. It's hard to win in Pullman. It's hard to. That is the hard, one of the hardest <laughs> Power Five jobs. You know, yeah. I mean, because you're in Pullman for heaven's sake. But anyway, okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, rest All right, we'll get you get you out on this again. This is Jeff or Jeffrey Fan and Matthew, aka Hokey Smash from. All sports discussion, ACC sports blog. Uh, Urban Meyer, he announced his retirement at the end of the Rose Bowl this season. Um, and a lot of people have a lot of different things to say about this guy. I wrote a rant on my blog by yesterday, so that's a news drop on my lunch break. I promise you that. That, um, well, not while I'm working, that I, think, I don't think that Meyer's legacy, in my point of view, from, to me, it won't tarnish it all that much because I still thought that he's one of the greatest coaches in our generation, at least in our lifetime. I mean, dude won everywhere he went, right? Bowling Green, uh, 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 Florida, Utah before that, and now and, and now Ohio State. And if anything, I mean, in addition to three national championships he won, one thing for sure is that he finished 7-0 against Michigan, including pasting well, pasting uh, uh, um, uh, Jim Harbaugh twice, and uh, at least twice. So, Jeff, does Urban Meyer's legacy, like with all that happened with Zach Smith, have a blind spot for Zach Smith and how sloppily he handled that, and other scandals he had at the University of Florida earlier than that? Um, is, is his tarnish, his legacy, legacy tarnished in your point of view? Or should it be tarnished any any bit because of what happened this year as well? Getting up to it. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I think he'll always be remembered as, as, you know, the second greatest coach of this generation. Like just from a pure coaching standpoint, he's right behind Nick Saban, 
but I think it tarnishes his legacy as like, you know, past that, what, what kind of person he is, what kind of man he is. And, you know, maybe, maybe he's great at home. Maybe he's never done anything wrong, but on the surface, he he's going to be remembered as a guy who was, you know, going to, he was going to do whatever it took to win a football game. That's I mean, exactly it, what it, I was going to say, Jeff. I mean, it, he'll be known. Yeah, his record on the on the field, wins or losses, is very good. I don't think anybody can deny that. But do you want to be known at the end of the day as a win at all cost coach and be damned the culture of my locker room, sir? Yeah, I mean, yeah, he's, 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 he's going to be remembered the, as the guy who, you know, looked the other way with Aaron Hernandez. Who looked the other way with 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 Smith? He's, he's, that's how he's going to be remembered. He won a lot of games, but he always looked the other way. Uh, you know, he he. he I think his he had a huge arrest record at, at Florida. That team, you know, just ran wild. I, I think having Tim Tebow on his team actually covered up a lot of the stuff that was going on there. So, and you know, it wasn't new what happened at Ohio State. Um, with with Smith, I, I I do personally think he he was part of a cover up, and then um, you know then he is at the Big Twelve media or Big Ten media days, basically you know lying in front of a, a national audience. So I, I think he'll be remembered as a winner, but as a guy who would you know just he would cross that line to win games. He'd look the other way. He'd do whatever it took. You know, probably you know. Short, just short of you know, handing cash to players. I'm not sure if he did that. I don't think he did, but you know, anything else to keep a guy in school, to you know, recruit a guy no matter what their background was, to keep a guy on staff where he had a spotty history. You know that I think that's going to hurt his his leg. That's always going to follow him for the rest of his, you know, while the time he's alive, he's always going to have that baggage behind him. Yeah, I agree with that. And one last thing, fellas, do you think we'll see the last – have we seen the last of Urban Meyer? I it's hard for me to believe. He's only 54 years old. I'll say only because you have coaches that are going at it that much older. But he's still I, – I don't, I don't, I don't, it's hard for me to see him just totally out of coaching for sure. Maybe see him surface on, surface on the NFL level maybe. So, Matt, just to close the segment out, do you see him coaching again? I don't think he'll be on the NFL level because I think that stress is too high for him. I read an article about, and yeah. I think Chris Carter had something about him having, you know, a cyst, a brain cyst, yeah, and if he has, cyst, yeah. yeah, and if he and if he if it causes too much stress in there, the field fluid leaks, and I think the NFL would be too high stress for Urban. I think that he'll likely have a sweetheart deal at, at ESPN, right, and be on there whenever he wants to be on there because he's shown that he can be uh, be pretty affable when he's a when he's a broadcaster, right? And, and and I think he does pretty well on the set. I mean, if he were to take a college job, I mean, I think he would likely take one that's not very high stress, right? I mean, perhaps he would go go to the pack go to the Pac-12 where he wouldn't have to do you know where he would maybe wouldn't have to win a whole lot of wouldn't have to win a whole lot of competitive games or go to a conference where he sure. maybe has to win a couple you know a couple big ones each year but I I don't I mean the team that the the school that takes a look at him and Jeff will have obviously have more thoughts on this but it'll be a school that 
maybe that wants to win, that hasn't won in a while, that is going to pay him handsomely to come back. What do you think about that, Jeff? I mean, I I think that Pac-12 was a great point because, you know, almost the same thing happened. Well, not quite, but a lot of controversy and baggage was surrounding Mike Leach when he left Texas Tech. So where does he end up? Way out west, Pullman, Washington State, and he can kind of reinvent himself. And if if, if Urban Meyer does go uh, coach again, man, he's a man, he's an old 54. I can't believe that. I thought he was probably like in his 60s, but that's that's an old 54 for what yes. he's gone. You know what he's been dealing with. But I, I think that's a the Pac-12 is is really in, interesting and, and really possible that three or four years he goes out west with not quite as media scrutiny, a place like, you know, if Mike Leach ever let me, Urban Meyer there at Washington State or a Utah or a place place like that, I mean, that that's not certainly not out of the question. But I think as far as coaching like a big-time school on the East Coast, uh, his days of, of coaching like a – the Floridas and the Ohio States, I think those days are over. I think he's, yeah, he's got I too mean, much and I think baggage. if Herb Edwards doesn't work out at Arizona State, that's maybe a place I could see Urban ending up at because, like Jeff said, I mean, and like you said, Scott, I mean, it is Pac-12 after dark for a reason. There's a lot of games that people maybe fall asleep for that where Urban might be able to fall under the radar in terms of media coverage. I mean, I'm being a little – facetious here when I say that, but I mean, and Tempe is a nice town. I don't know if you guys have been to Tempe, but that is a terrific place. And it is a, it is a wonderful place to live. It is perfect weather for college football when you get into October and November. And I, that's a place I could, I could see urban going to Arizona state because they've been, they've shown that they're willing to hire, you know, make splashy hires for their coaches, right? Bring it in the Hurley, you know, Hurley, Mr. Hurley, Bobby Hurley is doing pretty well there right at Arizona State. I think they're still one of the few remaining undefeated men's basketball teams in the country. And I could see that's a, that's a place I could see Urban Meyer resurfacing, resurfacing because they've shown that they're willing they've shown that they're willing to go out of the box for a hire and that's maybe a place where he might end up. Hey, cool guys. Appreciate it, man. Uh we'll definitely get together and talk some more soon because we can talk college sports all night long. So thank you all. And also for all of you out there, please check out the this, this sports website, All Sports Discussion, the ACC. So, Jeff, Matt, both of you right quick, tell them how they find, can find you on Twitter. Jeff, I'll start with you first. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Talking ACC Sports. And you can find me on Twitter, Matthew, at, at HokieSmash underscore ASD. The ASD is for All Sports Discussion, and our site Twitter account is at All Sports D A C C. And we've had a lot had a lot of action going here on the blog the last few, last few weeks, t- talking about hi- talking about hires and you know talking about re- reviews of football seasons for each of the ACC teams. And and we're excited about uh, more content coming here ahead for the college football bowl season and the men's college basketball season as we go further ahead in this academic year. Cool, man. And thanks a lot, guys. I'll check you out on Twitter. Take care. That's, those are my guys, Jeff or Jeffrey Fan, as they like to call themselves, and Matthew, a.k.a. Hokie Smash, for my, one of my favorite sports blogs, All Sports Discussion, which talks about all ACC all the time. 
I'm going to dive into the NFL right quick uh, since we're probably pressing up against it. There are two teams that are fading fast and need to get together. They got both got gut checks this week, the Carolina Panthers and my Pittsburgh Steelers. Both have, like, the Panthers have lost four straight games ever since that, you know, things haven't been the same since they got drubbed by my team on Thursday night. And my Steelers have lost two in a row, really should have dropped three straight games. They play like shit against Jacksonville as well. So here's the deal, folks. Carolina plays at Cleveland. Both teams are well. Carolina plays at Cleveland. Pittsburgh plays at Oakland. Both should be winnable games. Both should be highly. Both teams should be highly favored. If none of those teams, the other teams, do not win those games, that game is over. Uh, particularly for the Panthers, it's over for a player spot. For my Steelers, it's already over for like a for a first round bye. It may be over for a player spot. Be uh, a wild card, I mean, not a wild card, but a division title because the Ravens are nipping at their heels at 7-5. All of a sudden, uh, uh, Baltimore has found itself with, the, with, with, with Lamar Jackson, a.k.a. the black Tim Tebow, <laughs> when, with given his inability to, 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 be a, to be effective passer as well as a great runner, uh, and this should be an, just a great runner. But both teams should get together pretty damn Quickly, quick, fast, and hurry. Otherwise, it's 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 just especially for the Panthers, it's it's over. And quick thoughts on Mike McCarthy getting Cam right quick. This is not this is not a good look for Aaron Rodgers. I mean, I know that Winston Moss, I just heard earlier today, got fired after he said a tweet, an ominous tweet that said that people need to hold number twelve and everyone else accountable. Now, for him to call out Aaron Rodgers specifically. Specifically, it's damning for for Rogers' image because I've heard many people say that he is not the most likable guy in the locker room. That he's he's smug, he's arrogant. That the kid is is very talented, which is why that he sees folks in the locker room tolerate him. But this this is a this is this is reality check for Aaron Rodgers. I know Rogers has that one Super Bowl win. But he has just one. He always he already and he only been back to the Super Bowl. He has been back to the Super Bowl since. And that's a good point. I know Skip Bayless likes to hate on him on Undisputed, but but the fact of the matter is is that Aaron Rodgers really hadn't done shit since the Super Bowl. And if he if he if he's not careful, he's gonna be one of those guys, not necessarily the damn Marino of our generation, because at least he's won one and been to one. Well, not I mean just just won one, but he's gonna go down as perhaps the most the biggest underachiever of all time because for him to be considered one of the greatest quarterbacks in the game today, he only has one Super Bowl appearance in the win. So I don't know who could coach that team in Green Bay. I don't know if it's all that, that great of a job, to be honest with you, because there's Aaron Rodgers and no one else there, talent-wise, but and the, the defense is still – this played better, but it, it's still not great. So, I mean, we've we seen what happens when if Aaron Rodgers doesn't play. That whole team is just goes to, goes, to, goes to pot. So it remains to be seen. It remains to be seen. But, yeah, it's not a good look for uh, Aaron Rodgers. But I bet Mike McCarthy's glass hell he's, he's out of there. You bet the leader to lots of teams, including the, the, the Cleveland Browns. Mr. Browns earlier would be knocking on McCarthy's door. So he'll be all right. And last thing on the Washington, you know, well, Jay Gruden mentioned that he brought in, he discussed that Hospital brought in Kaepernick. Look, 
it's obvious that they're not going to bring in Kaepernick. It's probably obvious that no other team is going to bring him at this point, which is sad because you have a team, the same Washington team that brought in Ruben Foster, that claim off waivers after he, we all know what, what he did, beat the same woman um, and, 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 and whatnot, and, and but but in and, and they he might not even play, but they claim off waivers anyway. I mean, what are they doing? I mean, you, I mean, I mean, you don't bring in quarterback behind a quarterback who's worth a damn behind Colt McCoy, who knows this is in and out. I get it. I totally get it. Uh, you know, after Eric uh, Smith went down, but for you to for them to bring in Mark first, Mark Sanchez, Mister Buck Fulmer himself, then Josh Johnson on top of that. I mean, I guess they want another black guy to bring in. I don't know, but to for for, for Gruden's explanation to be, well, we didn't want to change it. One want to change. We tried to change the whole offense. Uh, did he not see what's happening down the road, uh, up the road in Baltimore? Do you think Joe Flacco and 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 and, and, and Lamar Jackson are the same guy type, uh, type of guy? I mean, we see a lot a lot around the NFL teams change. Their style according to the personnel. It's just that simple. Baltimore Ravens could do it at one three three straight, and we saw it before Tim Tebow way back when. They changed the system around for him. So anyway, I'm gonna stop my rant. I don't want I I don't want to just be the dead horse, but it's just just it's just laughable what, what teams willing really to put up with and what teams willing to do. Cut the nose, spike the face, and everything else. But it is what it is. Washington's watching. That's why. They've lost a few games in a row. They're going to piss their way out of the playoffs, and this is what it is. Go Eagles. But anyway, uh, thank you all for tuning in. I'm a Steelers fan. This is Scott Burke with the Clan Hour. Have a good night. Day warm, 06. <laughs>